Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. I am Megan, and I am here with my lovely co-host. What's up, Kirsten? What up? Hi. I hope everyone doesn't have the case of the Mondays. Oh, God, it's such a Monday. But it's all right, because we're going to have a good time anyway. Because this is the cure to the Mondays. I'm making big promises here. This is the cure. If you're having the Mondays, listen to this. It will now feel like Friday. Wouldn't that be That's awesome? Anyway. Order. That would be, <laughs> that'd be awesome. So this is our plan for today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about music updates, movie updates, do some reviews, do some previews of different um, different um, entertainment items in both the music and movie world. And then the bulk of our yeah. show is going to be all about the Marvel Universe, the good, the bad, what we like, what we don't like, what's working, what's not working, what we hope for it in the future whether it's gotten too big, all of those good questions we're going to try to tackle. Um, and we're going to bring another on big, big part of our basically pop culture life. And that's the plan. Yeah. It's big. When Marvel big. started, it's a big show. I, had, I had no idea it was going to get this big. All right, yeah, so we're going to start off with some music. Uh, now, I promised you the last yeah. time that we did this that we would only focus on the new things or the updated parts of the Billboard Top 100 songs. And not a lot of movement, just like usual. Um, Lil Nas it, uh, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus is, with Old Town Road is still number one. And then numbers three through 12 basically shuffled a little bit. Nothing too big, but there are three new songs that are on um, the top 10 that I'd like to introduce. First of all, um, song number five. This is number five on the top 10. It's the song Talk by Khalid. And it's basically just a proper, like a proper power pop song. If you like Khalid, you will like this song. Do you like Khalid? It's hit and miss. Songs, I, I think like, it, like, songs I like there's like there's moments a lot I feel this way a lot in, in most of Hot 100 like there's moments where I like it and there's moments where I'm like no don't want to listen to that anymore. no um, please turn it off number eight Post Malone featuring Young Thug with mm-hmm. Goodbyes is in the top ten now and then at number ten is Lil Tecca with the song Ransom. I'm not a necessarily like a big. <laughs> I'm not necessarily a big. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's a, just it's a rap song. So if you really like rap, I imagine that you would enjoy it. But I watched the music video in preparation for this song, and it scares me. <laughs> it's basically just a bunch of naked people rubbing against each other. It was, but like really low tech and bad quality. It made me feel dirty. Aww. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was weird. So then I was like double watching tech. rap porn. Basically, and I double checked. I was like, "What am I watching? What is this? I must be like on some like right weird." Video? <laughs> and then I looked, and it was. So if you want to be scared, or if you're into that, I suppose go check out Ransom's Little Tecca. <laughs> Good time. Oh, if you're, if you're into that, that's great. <laughs> um, so we have a couple weeks to talk about what um, new music. I'm only highlighting. Um, what I feel people would be most interested in are things that I really think people would like. Um, obviously, tons of music was released last week, last Friday, and tons of music was released the week Friday before that. Um, so first of all, uh, I talk about this person only because I have a few things to say about her. Um, so Iggy Azalea is back in her lives. 
with her oh. album in my defense. Now, before I give my opinion, what do you think about it? What is your opinion oh, Iggy? I feel like her album title is appropriate for her. Um, <laughs> I'm not... I'm not a super fan. I think she's overrated. And I kind of mm-hmm. think she's annoying, honestly. But that's just me. I think what's annoying about her, and, and if she was le- she was legit from New York, and she lived in the city, I could take her persona. But she's an Australian. Pretending like she is an urban New Yorker. Which makes, like, it just, it throws me off. It just makes her seem super fake, like she's playing a character. And I don't think her music is strong enough to back up any kind of, like, split personality. Character. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. I just think she's overrated. It, and I and I say overrated lightly because I don't think she's that highly rated anyway. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, this uh, the Another per- person who um, released an album is a... She's from England. This is her debut album, so she's brand new. Um, what I really enjoy about her music is that she tackles really tough things um, in a really unique and refreshing way, like not in your face, not too intense. Um, it is pop music, um, and that is Mabel with her new album, High Expectations. Have you have you ever heard Mabel? I have not, but I'm super um, – when I, when I saw the list here, um, I started looking some people up. I just haven't been able to listen to everyone. But uh, – I have not, but I have a thing about singers from England. I don't know why. I think they make better music. <laughs> I agree. I also That's think they're better actors. I think I don't know why, but I, I just I, quality tends to come out here. But I do have British a thirty Christ second. Show, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the songs on her new album. It's called OK, and it's tackling issues surrounding anxiety. So let's take a listen. So here's Mabel. Morning, but tonight I'm gonna let them fall down, fall down Cause it's okay not to be okay It's okay if you feel the pain Don't gotta wipe your tears away Tomorrow's another day It's okay not to be okay It's fine you're allowed to breathe As long as you know, as long as you know Everything is gonna be okay, okay Okay So that is Mabel with the song Okay. That song, I, I feel like, has a really good beat. Um, I think it works I like really, it. really well. I like her voice. Yeah. I, I, the things that I've listened to, I think, is, is really, really good. So definitely check that out. Um, then uh, we have a, um, a group called The Regrets, but it's spelled with an extra T and an extra E. Um, and basically it's a proper LA punk rock riot girl garage punk band. This is their second album. I have to say, um, I enjoy their music. It's really quippy and quirky and in your face a little bit, which I I personally appreciate. Um, so if you're interested in the regrets, definitely check, if you're interested in that kind of music, definitely check out the regrets on Spotify. Um, I think girl punk groups are very rare nowadays. So it's fun to oh, see yeah. when they pop they pop up and they're actually pretty good. So go check out The Regrets um, if you have not already. Um, bon Iver, um, who is the master of really quiet, melancholy, depressing songs, has a new <laughs> album called I, I. Um, so if you're, you're into Bon Iver and I am, but I have to be in a certain mood for him. Um, cause he is, a, he is musically, very musically talented. So Bon Iver has a new album out. So if you're into them, the next thing is basically just the, my nineties kid got really excited, <laughs> which is the band Slipknot. Um, they have a new album called we are not your kind. I listened to it. New stuff. I know. I listened to it. Like, obviously, I I prefer Slipknot in the 90s. Uh, But if you want some nostalgia, new nostalgia, go check out Slipknot's new album, We Are Not Your Kind. I had no idea that they were still together. It was a surprise. I had no idea either. I was like, what? 
Um, and then the last two um, that have been released recently, um, I do have clips for because I think that they're really great. I'll start with the more quiet one because I feel like we should end with more upbeat music. I am really into Irish singer-songwriters. I will argue that Irish singer-songwriters are better than British singer-songwriters. Um, mainly because I think Irish tradition lends itself to a lot of storytelling. So it takes the best of our country music and then puts it together with the practicality of folk and acoustic music and puts it together. Um, and this guy's name is Fionn Reagan. Um, and his album is called Kara. And this is a little bit of his song um, right here. So I'll play it right now. Where there's crown of light for you on the August moon. Bring your voice of pearl to sing. Bring your lightning to color through. It's just so yet relaxing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like peaceful. Like inner peace, but if you listen to lyrics, it's yeah. not necessarily inner peace. <laughs> but <laughs> good music. And then this, uh, the last one of the new releases that I want to highlight is a band called Raw Raw Riot, and they have a new album. They've been around for a while. They've been around since 2007. This is their fifth album. Um, however, they've always been like at, they've always been in the middle, like on the brink of being really super famous but still staying like pretty indie. They've never been able to like pass the threshold. Like some people know them, but not everyone. Um, so this is, so basically they are a rock indie band. Um, also Baroque rock, which is basically they take classical music and merge it with rock. Um, so here we go. Which here is, cool. is a little bit of Raw Raw Riot. But after the dream, been at the bar, what you expect, they know how we are, cause they know it goes think that they're very underrated they're a really good band so if you haven't checked it out check them their fifth album it is a pretty solid album so that's it oh. for the new music yeah and now for the music spotlight. yes so my music spotlight is a band called judah and the lion it sounds like a bar but it's not <laughs> it's, it's a band and they are from tennessee and they're pretty much a genre-bending band. They pretty much do every genre you can think of. And every song is different. And every album is different. So they do, it's like electric rock, Americana rock. They even do some hip-hop, bluegrass, electro-pop. They do everything. And they came up with a, um, this is their, they're on their fifth album. And their fifth album is called Pep Talks. And I really love this album. It's probably my favorite by them. Um, and it dropped a couple months ago. So I'm going to play a little bit of their song called Quarter Life Crisis. And here is Judah and the Light. I used to feel so strong, now I feel like a loser. Voices in my head got me back up into a quarter. Oh, I can't do this all alone. So will you come, 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 come help me through? Will you come, 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 help me through this? And then it builds, and then they rock out. It's a good song. Quarter Life Crisis, the band is Judah and the Lion. Um, I think they need more love than they get, so definitely check them out on Spotify. So that is my music. Song title. Yeah, Yeah, Quarter Life Crisis. Is a real thing. Real fitting. 
I'm not even, a, I'm more than a quarter life, and I'm still in that crisis. I feel like I'm in a third, of, a third life crisis right now. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's just life. Anyway. Maybe. Let's go. What's going on in the movies, Kristen? What's going on in the movies? All right. So, again, last week we went over, or two weeks ago, we went over the box office number. So, I'm just going to go over the weekend numbers most recent and how everything's doing. Um. So we have a couple new movies out. These are going to be the top five over the weekend. So not necessarily top five overall, but I have some fun numbers in between. So currently Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, was actually in third, um, third for the week, for the weekend at the time. Um, last time we spoke, uh, but it still made uh, another 11.6 million this weekend. So still going strong, currently sitting at a hundred million domestic growth. Uh, so still not doing too bad. Uh, one of the newer ones, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, is new this week. Just came out. Uh, made a respectable 17 million opening weekend for I being a it. children's movie. It I it looks good. I'm it's on my list. I think I probably will go sometime this week because it's on my list. It does like, look good, and plus Dora is awesome. Once my once my kid passed like five, I was like I never have to see Dora again. But this came out, and I was like, oh man, now I have to go see Dora. Now you want to. It's a nostalgic factor. I know. Now I want. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So uh, The Lion King is currently sitting at number three for the weekend, which, I I mean, it's still making bank. It's up another $20 million. Um, Mm -hmm. It was down one, though, because it was in second place. Um, Current gross, $473 million. I would like to point out it is currently the second highest grossing movie of 2019, falling right under Avengers. Um, Endgame. and yeah, sorry, Avengers Endgame, my bad. Um, and it's currently at 1.3 billion worldwide, not just gross, uh, domestic. So uh, it's it's making good headway, and it's doing pretty good in 2019 so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another new movie, which I am crazily interested in seeing, is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, opening weekend, 20.8 million. Um, I'm super excited to see it. My daughter came in to talk to me one night and was like, mom, there's this new movie out. And she starts telling me one of like the, the stories in the movie. And I was like, uh, I read that book when I was like seven. <laughs> you know, I have and to say, like, I'm surprised. Book? Mm-hmm. That I read the book or that they made it. <laughs> I'm surprised that it beat Dora. Be honest. Yeah. I mean, only by like 800,000. But still like. For the I, weekend at least. I'm surprised. I mean, like, surprised that obviously there's something about this movie that's getting a lot of, getting at least slightly more buzz than Dora. People love to be scared for no reason. This is true. <laughs> and this one is weird. Like, we're talking, do you remember these stories? Like, things crawling out of your face? Yeah, yeah. I remember these. I'm very, I want to see it. Um, for and sure. Currently sitting at number one is Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I put Sean. It's not Sean, it's Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Um, it's up another 25.4 million this weekend, currently sitting at 108.5 million. So it's not doing too shabby for itself. Mm-hmm. But I'd say yeah, it's probably I... falling short from the other Fast and Furious movies. Yes, it is. Personal. Yeah. All right. So that's the top five movies of the weekend. Um, I want to move into some like review recommendation type thing. Um, I've been trying to do this thing where I watch movies on, like, HBO or Netflix that I've never seen that maybe were really popular or, like, Netflix originals, just to see mm-hmm. if I like them. So yeah. there's two movies I watched this past week that um, I want to talk about. So the first one is The, the Hate You Give. Um, mm-hmm. I know it came out a long time ago. I don't know if you've seen it. but I've seen it. I watched it. I watched it on HBO. I think this should be mandatory required watching for like middle schoolers and up. I agree. There's lots of lessons it's, to be learned it's in it. So good. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, just real quick, it's about a young girl um, who witnesses the the shooting of her black she's black, her friend is black by a white cop mm-hmm. and the black kid was unarmed. So um, it's all about like how she tries to cope with the, you know, 
her white friends and white privilege versus, you know, living in the, you know, like the ghetto basically and her trying to, I guess, juggle her two personalities where she, you know, Mm -hmm. how she has to act one way and the other. It's just really good. They portrayed it really, really well. And I really, really liked the end quoting where they said, you know, we give hate we let our children witness hate mm-hmm. and then we expect them to be like, not carry it. Yeah. And it's it, it, the, all about like how we have to change ourselves and change how, yeah. like what we give our kids and such. And it does it in such <laughs> a way. And I really, really enjoy it. Like it reminds me of the way that Toni Morrison, who we just lost deals with um, issues of race is that it's not accusatory. Like I would when when it was when I was watching it, I didn't feel like they were it was blaming anything other than we're just in really sick toxic cycles. Whether right. it's cops and uh, people of minorities and communities, or whether it's people who are living in urban situations where there's lots of gang violence, um, or the idea of like non-threatening black people in private schools versus you know like it just it goes through the so many different layers about race in such an intelligent way and there's just so much to talk about which is why I agree I think this is I think this is a movie that regardless of where you are on the spectrum of politics you can watch it and take something from it and be like wow we really do need to look at ourselves because we all have a part in this cycle even if we're not even aware of it and that there's things that I can do to help the cycle be broken um, where we just consistently don't hear each other and see each other. Um, So I agree. It's it's a great movie. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out on HBO. And I just want to point out, it has a 97%. Yeah. It has a 97% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 82% audience rating. So it's a pretty high rating for any movie. Mm-hmm. yeah it's really well made too um and then just a quick other one netflix um i watched a movie called secret obsession and the reason i watched it is because there's a person in that movie that i know personally i went to high school with him he was the, the son of my pastor growing <laughs> up um and i always watch his stuff and i wouldn't call it like it's not emmy worthy there's not going to be any awards taken home from it <laughs> but it was just a really good creepy movie like it creeps me out like oh at the end I was like dang people are freaking weird because <laughs> people like this is just, the world is just a weird place and it was creepy and people are creepy and I just thought it was I mean it, it only has a 27% critic rating and there's no audience rating on it yet but mm-hmm. it I mean it was just it was just a if you just want a good like a, a rainy day there's nothing to watch turn on it and turn it on and check it out because it just it was a little bit creepy for sure. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, let's go over upcoming releases um, so we can get to our topic at hand. Uh, so we won't be doing movies for another two weeks or yeah, two weeks. So um, this week, Wednesday, the Angry Birds 2 movie comes out. Um, never seen any of them. Can't speak for them, but they can come <laughs> there. Obviously, it's the second what one. What are they so angry about? That'd be good. Why I don't are they know. Why angry? can't be happy birds? Seriously. <laughs> and then um, Friday we have Good Boys, which is the same people that wrote Sausage Party, so you can get a, a good grip of what kind of humor you're looking at. Um, <laughs> and then there's, Aqu- Aqu- I don't know how to say this, Aqu- Aquarella. It's a I think that's right, yeah. Um, it sounds really good. It's um, basically some guy documents, like, the power of the ocean. Uh, waves, storms, things like that. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. I I want to see it. And then 47 Meters Down Uncaged comes out. The first one was pretty good. Curious to see the second one, but I'm also wondering if they should have done a second one. So we'll see. That is always um, and the then, question. I know. Should you have done this? Um, and then The Informer action movie. Um, good cast. So um, I do have to say, before you move on to the next thing, is that Good Boys, yeah. that movie, that trailer makes me just as comfortable, uncomfortable as Lil Tecca's music video. <laughs> it's middle schoolers. Yeah. It's middle schoolers doing really perverted things. Like I can, 
It's like high school kids, okay, but middle, like, you're so, it's just weird. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then next week, My Spy comes out, um, looks cute. That's all I can say. I don't know too much about it. I watched the trailer, though. It looks cute. Um, and then The Overcomer is, it's a sports happy movie, I think, is what it comes out to. Think, it seems like a sport uh, movie. Titans, mm-hmm. but with running. <laughs> so, I don't know who would want to run. How can this be happy? But that's what's coming out in the next two weeks. <laughs> Do you still follow the rule is I don't run unless being chased? <laughs> yeah. If I'm running, you should probably run too because that probably means something's chasing me. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to talk Marvel? So ready. I feel like we need some like self-important music right now to transition us into the like, theme song music. <laughs> All right, so we are going to be tackling Marvel, which is a giant universe, massive universe, complicated universe. It's just big. Um, but big. before Huge. we start diving into it, I do want to bring in someone who's going to help us with this, with this discussion. When I said, when I wanted to, Yay. when I had questions about Marvel, this was the first person I thought of that could help us dive into this. Um, her name is also Megan. Uh, so here you go. Hey, Megan. Are you, can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can. Hey. Sweet. Welcome. Um, so before <laughs> we get into the bigger questions, I do think we need to showcase our bias, meaning like who our favorites are. So that, oh yeah. so that people know that when I'm ragging on something, they're like, oh, you only do that because you like that character. So, like, we need to let our biases show. Yeah. So, okay. Megan? Yes. You first. I, my favorite currently is Spider-Man. Yeah. Has not always been my favorite. It changes. Um based on really how well Marvel handles the characters. Mm -hmm. Thor took over for a little bit recently. um, And before that, I just liked the Hulk because he was green. (laughs) Good reason. Good reason. Great reason. And Kristen, what about you? What are your Spider-Man, is that what we're talking about here? Oh my gosh, yes, we're talking about Tom Holland, (laughs) Spider-Man. I think actually all, right, every, all three of us, I think, are in agreement that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. I, yeah. yeah. I don't really think Probably. that he had much competition, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. definitely some Andrew Garfield people who are like, yeah, no, he's... <laughs> there are, but I've met Andrew Garfield fans, and I think they were just excited about Andrew Garfield, not particularly Spider-Man. This is true. This is a good point. What do you think, Kristen? What's your two favorites? Um, I really, really like Iron Man. Um, oh, no. I always have. No, I always have, and I have a very specific reason, so we can talk about that later if you want, but um, mm-hmm. to summarize, it's just, I feel like he is a perfect example of a just, like, every human. Like, we all try to say, like, we're all selfless and we want to help everyone, but at the center of everyone, I think there's some what selfishness. And I think Iron Man, like Tony Stark, is like he's always like, how can I make myself better? How can I benefit myself? But at the end of the day, it's always like, fine, okay, yes, let's do the right thing. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just like that how like he can go from being like a complete selfish jerk to like, okay, you saved the world and you want mm-hmm. you cho- you wanted to do it. It's not that you just perforce. So I don't know. I really right. like him. Um and I like his humor. Um and then underrated is I don't even know her name, honestly. Uh Black Panther sister. I really like uh, that girl. I don't even know her name. I just like her character, I like the vibe, mm-hmm. I like all that. Honestly, all the women right. from Black Panther win. That's true. But the sister was like my. I thought she was hilarious. I thought she was a badass. So that's that. <laughs> Very cool. I would say Spider Man for sure is my my. Spider Man has always been 
one of my favorite superheroes, even when I was like a little kid and I watched the animated comic book series. And then I was very disappointed by Tobey Maguire. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, sorry, Tobey Maguire, but I was. Um, and then I, I just felt like, because my favorite thing about Spider-Man was that he's youthful. And the the thing that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man, which I really enjoyed how they did this in all the Spider-Man films, including Spider-Man in the Avengers as well, is that Spider-Man always has this moment of, like, failure. Like, this moment of, like, how the hell is he going to get to this? Like, how am I going to do this? And you feel like he's about to give up. And then he just, like, has this moment where, like, no, I have to do this. And he pushes through. And he ends up, you know, doing it. But I like it. I like Spider-Man because he just seems a lot more touchable than the other ones. Like Captain America is like she, like some divine being. <laughs> like he seems perfect all the time. Um, and then Iron Man, I think is, I think I really enjoyed Iron Man at the beginning. Like I, I love Robert Downey Jr. and I, I enjoy Iron Man as well. But I think he just got too big. And I think this is probably why they had to get rid of him in Endgame is because he was just such, he, he was there all the time. We're spoiling, just letting you know. Because um, there's no way to talk about this without spoiling. Um, I and, do agree with that. Like, I really like, like Iron Man, but I do think they made him he too got much too the center. Yeah. So, like, Captain America has, like, that air of perfection. Iron Man was just overhyped and over-focused on. Um, so, Spider-Man just is I just like that he's touchable and he's relatable and that he has those moments where, and I think we all have those moments where like, especially like working out, <laughs> I can't do this. And then you're like, no, I want to do it. Um, that I feel like you can relate to him a lot. Um, so I think Spider-Man is, and I like Thor as well, just because the comedic release. And also I like the, like the ties to Norse mythology, which ties into my, For sure. Iron Man, though, at the beginning was definitely on my list. So that's our bias. Iron Man was never. No. (laughs) I just disagree so much with both of you. (laughs) You never made my list, but that's fine. I appreciate your opinion. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that you disagree with us. (laughs) She's like, I appreciate Um, your opinion, but it's wrong. This is why I like Megan. She constantly tells me this, um, which is good because it leads to really I, good conversations. I take some responsibility in like converting you from an Iron Man fan. You do make good points, <laughs> but I think also like everything was about him. Everything, and yeah, then it started to like mess with the Spider-Man storyline, and that's when it really got personal. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, so my first question is like when, when Iron Man like cause Iron Man and Captain America were the first like standalone movies that started getting released, and when I saw mm-hmm. Iron Man one and Iron Man two and even the first Captain America, I didn't as a moviegoer when I was watching those movies I knew that they were trying to capitalize on the fact that Marvel is something that everyone can relate to, but I didn't ever think it was ever going to get this big. Because it's it's like a it's a maze of movies that are all connected, and if you don't watch a movie, it really you really can't follow it without someone explaining it. Like I had my mom doesn't oh, watch yeah. all the my mom doesn't watch a lot of superhero movies because she likes Hugh Grant rom coms. She doesn't like violence, <laughs> and so whenever I see her, I like to show her something. And so I was really excited about Spider Man, so I showed her the first Spider Man. And I started playing it, and within the first, like, ten minutes, she turned to me and was like, what's happening? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have to explain these three movies in order for her to understand what right. is going on and why she should care about this one thing. So it creates this, like, this thing where you have to, whether you like it or not, you have to go see it all in order to even enjoy the parts that you do like. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, has Marvel gone too far, or is this genius? I think it's genius. And it's just going to get bigger with the release of Disney Plus later this year. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be releasing new Marvel TV shows that are going to directly connect to the movies 
uh, like WandaVision is going to be a new show that they're doing following the Scarlet Witch. And it's mm-hmm. what happens in that show is going to directly lead into what's going to happen in the next Doctor Strange. So they're tying even more into it than just the movies now. And I think at this point, we're all so invested that I don't know if it can fail because I think that we're all too nerdy and too caught up to let it. Right. I think it's genius financially speaking. (laughs) And at this point, like a movie comes out and I'm like, dang it. Uh, Another Marvel movie I have to go see. Even if I'm like, I don't even want to see it. I have to because if another one comes out that I do want to see, am I going to understand what's happening? Probably not. Because we we all agreed we have our favorites. Like, I will go see every Spider-Man movie. I will go see every Thor movie. And Megan will not go see Iron Man. But if she doesn't see Iron Man stories, she's not going to understand this or that. You know, like, so she has to watch the things. She doesn't understand anything. Like, so, so, like, so it's genius because, yes, financials. But my question is, because there is fatigue, there is a, there, you can sometimes just get too tired. Could they potentially yep. get to a point where I have to do too many things in order to prepare for a movie? Like, if I have to watch three television shows as well as watch 12 movies a year in order to keep with this timeline... Do you think that there's ever going to be a time where the mainstream, like the nerds will do it for sure. We'll do it for sure. But do you ever think that maybe some of the mainstream people who casually go see Marvel are going to be like, man, you, you lost me. I think that it is going to be something to watch out for with them adding in these new TV shows and everything. Because mm-hmm. a couple of movies a year isn't too much to ask of anybody. Mm-mm. But yeah, the TV shows is getting to a point where people might feel that way. So what's going to be interesting is how strongly the TV shows really play into whether you can follow the movie line or not. I think yes. they're going to have to kind of do a meet in the middle where like they don't play too hard into all the TV shows. Agreed. But I don't know. I agree. I think it's it's an interesting thing to think about because we've never seen, we've never seen movies done this way before. So mm-hmm. it's because usually what would happen is you, there's like a TV show that you watch and then they make a movie about it, like Downton Abbey or Sex in the City. Um, mm-hmm. But there's never been some like actual maze where you have to like, and I plan to like watch everything in order of release date to see, because there's even things that like an in game, where I was like, I sort of remember that, but I don't fully remember that. Um, so I need to go back and, and watch that. So it is an interesting way to do movies, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So the next place where I want to go is Endgame. So Avengers Endgame is a huge chapter, a directional shift in the Marvel Universe storytelling. Um, what is your overall thoughts about Endgame? I cried. I was thrilled. <laughs> I no, I was <laughs> I'm sure you were <laughs> Peter. Two Peter, very sure different emotions. That happened at the same time. Scared walking out and I was sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not cry, but you know, I said my biases were. She in the cheered. <laughs> I don't think she I, cheered. I think I think how they did it though. I think it was, I mean, I think you were right. I think they had to do something because it was not Avengers. It was the Tony Stark show. Um, Yes. But I think they did it well. They did it in such a way like, I mean, it wasn't even that like he died that made me sad. It was when, you know, like the scene where his wife is standing right there in front of him and she's like, it's okay. We got it from here. Like, you know, I think it actually ties in with you saying that he got he got too important in these films that, you know, we don't necessarily need him to keep going. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think it, like, paid tribute to what he did, but at the same mm-hmm. time was their own little thing into, you know, it, it's gonna, it can continue. It doesn't have to end. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, you know, up for debate on why they had to do that. I... Right. Kind of think that that might have been put in there because they were afraid people would 
hate on Marvel after the loss of Iron Man, thinking that it couldn't continue without him, just outside right. of even the universe. Yeah, but I think yeah. it was covering their I ass. Do think with that, it. Yes, I think there's a couple sure. things going on. There's storytelling, which is that he needed to die because something else had to come out of it. Like he's mm-hmm. he's especially, and I mean like the catalyst for Spider-Man becoming his becoming who he is and kind of owning his hero-ness is his death of his uncle Ben which they totally got rid of and replaced him with Stace, with uh, Stark as being that father right. figure so Stark dying fills in that void for Spider-Man to become his own person so there's the storytelling mm-hmm. aspect of it and then there's Robbie Down- Robert Downey Jr.'s contract was up um, mm-hmm. so he wasn't obligated to do any more movies so there's also that as well. Um, and I also we think... We just that... got to be honest. <laughs> we had to get rid of Iron Man and we had to get rid of Captain America because <laughs> they were both way too stubborn for there ever to be growth. Nothing was ever going to change. It was going to be the same things over and over again. I don't disagree with I, you at all. Unpopular opinion, since we talked about who we liked, um, I'm not a fan of Captain America, just so we're on the same page. Of course not, because you're a fan of Iron Man. <laughs> not even yeah. that. Like, it had nothing. Like, I, I just throw, I don't need, I didn't, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but no, because I don't even understand why we fought. Like, that that whole movie pissed me off. But, um, I, I don't know. It was just like, like you because said, he was stubborn. perfect. But he wasn't perfect. He was annoying and whiny half the time. He was As boring. most perfect people are. <laughs> He was boring. Like, what? You have a <laughs> magic shield you can throw? Congratulations. Like, then, I don't know. His whole character annoys me. But I liked his ending. I was like, oh, thank God he's gone. See, this is why we do the biases at the beginning. Because every Captain America fan just went, oh, she's going to hate him. And they're like, we're not listening to her anymore. <laughs> and sorry, the Captain America fans are the same way. They they despise Iron Man. It's like it's like Batman versus Superman too. It's that same mentality of like oh, you let's pick not one. Get into that. Yeah, we're not. So DC's do you like Captain different. America, Megan? No, I think Captain America is boring. Mm-hmm. See, I agree. He has, I think, he has to. He has a very strict moral code. That makes him, I think, not as interesting. And I think Tony Stark has a complicated moral code, but he talks himself up so much. And the films made him so important that he became annoying eventually. Um, or no, Megan always. Captain, yeah, I sided with Captain in Civil War because Iron Man was ridiculous. But I never, <laughs> no. It's wow. like him. That's how you really feel. <laughs> I think for in game the movie itself um had to be as long as it was because they had so many characters and so many plot lines that they had to deal with um in order for the for that storyline to be wrapped up. Now a lot of people on nerd blogs and a lot of like Marvel people really wish for like a part 3. Do you feel like everything like was done well with Endgame that there shouldn't have been like an Avengers Part Three, or do you feel like it would have Meaning- been cool to see a third Avengers movie to kind of deal with the backlash of Infinity War? Was this just like people wanting more Iron Man? Because that's what it sounds like to me. Oh my it gosh! Be. It totally could okay, be. Okay, I have a I'm sure that there's some it. Hawkeye fans who are like, man, I really wish I understood why Hawkeye, <laughs> how Hawkeye started doing show. And it's going to go back and talk about his time as Ronan, so that's going to be taken care of. Bam. See, He's this is why the Marvel too. Universe, the Marvel <laughs> Universe fixes all um, things. No, I got to say, though, like, I disagree. There definitely should not be a third movie, but... I also think that Endgame could have been like an hour shorter if they had just mm. cut out the 45 minutes to an hour we watched them go around trying to find those dang, like the little, you know when they broke up into pairs and went scattered yeah. off to find the things? So like, yeah. really, yeah. like, I didn't need to see, like, there were certain ones of those that were important, but other ones they were like, oh, we climbed it, okay, we found it, time to go home. 
It was fantastic. Like, why did I have to see that? It was I did not have to see that. It was the move. It was literally. Fantastic. I was like, I could have went. Like, if anyone asked after it, I was like, you can pee during this part. It's boring. <laughs> yes, and I think there was a lot of mourning. There was like the the first. It was very slow in the beginning. That I also think that they could have cut down a lot of the reactionary sides of things too. Um, and there was a lot I of feel montages. Like I I learned more about the blip from Spider-Man Far From Home than I did Avengers. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so here's a bigger, like, macro question. There's so many superhero stuff, and Marvel is making so much money. Do you think it's a bigger thing? Like, is there? do you think that there's, like, a psychological reason for why we need to watch superhero movies or do you think it's just because Marvel is awesome and people like superhero movies I think people like to see the good guy win and the world is a kind of a excuse my language a shitty place at the moment and (laughs) a lot of people don't feel like the good guys are winning in any scenario you can think of and so I think movies are an escape and so a superhero movie where usually superhero movies mean there's going to be some epic battle. You're going to think someone's going to die, and then they're going to overcome, and good is going to be evil. I think it's a, a a release for people, and that's why they enjoy it so much. I don't think it's a huge talk about modern times, though, necessarily, because I think that we've been going to comic books. We've been going to superheroes mm-hmm. for a long time. For sure. And I, I think it's think been di- – We I, might read I think... less now. Yeah. I also that is true. Um, I think I think it's also the superhero movie. Uh, even like the comics go through different phases based on what's going on in the world. And I think yeah. what's interesting about the Marvel universe and DC did this as well is that we don't need one superhero. We need a collective in mm-hmm. order to fix the bigger problems that we have, or and not even our collective. They're fighting each other um, mm-hmm. at one point. And so I also think it's, it, I think there's also an element. I mean, and that was also, that storyline was also in the comic books during Watergate and like that era. But like this idea that even our heroes aren't as reliable as we want them to be sometimes is also something that is an interesting showcasing in the, the, the Marvel universe that I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. another question for you is, what do you think about Captain Marvel? I don't like her. I think she's boring. <laughs> she's very boring. The movie tried to be Captain like nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Uh, horrible. Not. Yeah, I feel like she um, could be so much better, and. But that the Captain Marvel movie, I do think she was very boring. And I think what's interesting was that she did her part in Avengers before she did the Captain Marvel movie, mm-hmm. which I think does play a part of like, because in the Avengers, it just seemed like, where, like, where are you? Why aren't you doing yeah. like, if, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it didn't seem like she did much based on the power that she has that we know that she could have. But I'm going to give the opposite side of this and say that after seeing Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. I was really afraid that they were going to bring her into Endgame and she was going to be the fix for it all. And Agreed. I'm glad I was that, that, that well. did not happen. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, she didn't do a lot, but they also didn't make her into the savior. Mm-hmm. And I was glad. But I also think that yeah. there was like opportunity for her to do more, not necessarily be the yeah. savior, but a little bit more. But they had so many characters in Endgame that they probably could not have added very much to her. No, I don't know. What? I feel like I watching Captain Marvel was like watching the first Captain America movie. Like I had to watch <laughs> the first Captain America movie like five times before I could get through it. I get like a quarter of the way through and I'm like, God, this is boring. I'm starting to think that you just don't like Captain. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's it. They're kind of boring. 
Do you like Captain Crunch at least? Oh, that's delicious. Okay. Okay. We're fine. Pattern defunct. Captain Crunch (laughs) has made the good list for Kristen. Yes. Um, Yes. What did you think about um, the female representation in Endgame? Because I think there were some interesting things going on in that movie that were not necessarily great. I think they try too hard sometimes. I agree. That's what I was going to say. I don't need, like, the big woman montage. (laughs) And I think that in some ways that takes away from it. I don't need you to, like, make it a thing. I just need you to make a girl doing stuff. Yeah. Right, like, what are the, the odds that in that huge battle, all those women happen to be in the exact <laughs> same spot at the exact same time, ready to badass their way through half the battle? Like, unlikely, let's be real. I don't need a woman powerhouse group. You could just do have badass women sporadically throughout, just like you have badass Seriously. Men. I just, I felt like I, there's a couple things that I feel like Endgame just took women's... <laughs> like women's rights and progress and made it backward. And number one is that montage because it was it did nothing other than like look at all these badass women. But again, it's not realistic. Why are they segregating themselves <laughs> while fighting? Okay, um, but they why are they not helping the men? They were helping Spider Man though. They were helping Spider Man. Where all the women were helping Spider Man get through. I guess that's one way to look at it. But it's also the like the woman goes to help the child. <laughs> yeah, the mother, it's a motherly instinct. So were we really being feminist or were you backtracking us to the 50s? Which one was it? <laughs> and the other problematic thing about Endgame was, so Hawkeye and Black Widow are, mm-hmm. they, they have to make a sacrifice. And Hawkeye right. is a man with kids. And right. Black Widow is a single woman. Guess who died? Right. The single woman. <laughs> so, right. so, and I don't think that's an accident. <laughs> okay, I, uh, but I don't. Yeah, you go ahead. Megan. Yeah, go for it, Megan. I was just gonna say, like, I see your point. However, mm-hmm. any person that has kids, and any person that doesn't have kids, I'm gonna hope that the parent stays. I just don't want to do that yeah. to the kids. Makes sense. Yeah, I agree. It makes total sense. But there is definitely some the power, the dynamics, dynamics between the two choices. Um, oh yeah. Do you like how she overall, gets her movie after she's dead? Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. She dies, and then now she's getting the fanfare. Um, how about Captain America's storyline? Because we talked about Iron Man and his death, and I think we all agree that was a necessary death, whether we liked him or not. Um, just for the story to continue on, what do you think about the mm-hmm. way Captain America exited? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you hate Captain America as much as I hate Iron Man. I think so too. I, I feel that. Like, I do. I'm just he's boring. Like I, I literally, if you were like, tell me the best thing you've ever seen Captain America do, I'd be like, I. I got nothing. I can't think of a single scene where I was like, yeah, Captain America. I think that it was a little reckless in terms of Captain America. I agree. I'm surprised. Yes, I'm surprised as well. Because he knew what the risks were and he still did it. And I think that that, I think it was a good end for Captain America. Not that I care too much about it. I think that um, the Falcon is much more interesting. So I'm excited about that. Agreed. And I think it's, I think when you're as selfless as Captain America is at least portrayed to be or wanting people to think he is, I think sometimes good people need to realize that you need to be a little selfish, not overly mm-hmm. selfish, but enough like, I've done my part. I've done this. I'm now going to have something separate. I'm not going to make my life as 100% this. He was setting up boundaries for I just need to know if we have Captain America babies somewhere. I'm sure we do. Probably. Oh, that would be interesting. Boring, boring old babies. <laughs> Iron Man, Man. Had a baby. And to yeah. be fair, Megan has not said that that the child is a megalomaniac. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is good. 
right. I hate to conclude this conversation because there's so many things. I definitely think we need to do Marvel again um, and focus on different aspects because there's just so much to talk about in this massive, massive, massive universe. Um, but yeah. I think that that was a really good starting point. So we will continue this discussion at some other point. Before we leave, though, we always do at the end of the show a nerdy obsession that we just cannot get rid of during this week. So it could be a thought, it could be something we watch, it could be just some nerdy obsession that we picked up this week. Um, we always like to start with the guest. So Megan, what is your current mind obsession? I mean, I literally bought a full body Spider-Man suit last night. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if I can go past that. <laughs> She did. She and it, she also put it on her phone. She's she's high level of Spider Man obsession right now. Yeah. The amount of money I've spent on Spider Man merch in the last two weeks is outrageous. So what is it about Spider Spider Man that speaks to you so much? I for one I love how smart he is. He's just mm-hmm. just as smart as Iron Man. Yeah. Which I'm glad that we're finally getting to see. But he's so down to earth as well. Yeah. Tony Stark is full of himself. Spider Man is not full of himself. Spider Man thinks he's an idiot. <laughs> and that just makes him more fun. Yes. Don't disagree. Kristen, what is your nerdy obsession? I don't know if you'd call it nerdy, but I mean, my obsession is weak and it's kind of obsession is like dirty. every every other week is um, Jason Momoa. He's like, I don't know, like I go through stages, I'm like, Momoa, I love him! And then I'll forget, and then something will happen. And this week, he says he got hit by a bulldozer. I mean, like, boycotting some digging in Hawaii on an ancient, like, spiritual mountain that they don't dug up. And I don't know, he's just... I just love him. I just love everything about him. And yeah, that's it. Jason Momoa. Did you see that he got um, body shamed? Uh, I'll take his dad bod any day. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, seriously. So sorry he doesn't have a 14 pack today, guys. Get over it. He needs to go on family vacation. The people that... <laughs> I want to see what the people that complain look like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like such a dad bod. Okay, Hesky Hannah. Like, let's not talk. <laughs> not trying to body shame, but let's fair, fair. Like, I am no skinny mini over here, so let's be real. It also made me feel like honestly, when I see things like that, it makes me feel better because first of all, he still looks amazing even with a not a massive bod. yeah. But it makes me feel better that celebrities also overindulge during not vacation. A, like, not a man, great goddess, so whatever. <laughs> like, salt also brings them down every once in a while, which is basically right. why we bloat when we're on vacation. So yeah. mine is a little less hormonal. <laughs> um but this has been, I've been obsessed with spirit animals for the last couple of weeks. I don't know why. I've been doing lots of research about spirit animals and, like, why they're attached and Native American myths about it. That has been my nerdy thing that I've been doing the last couple of weeks, and it's super nerdy. And I don't even know why, because I'm not even sure if I believe in it nerdy. necessarily. I, like, go back and forth. But it's, just, it's very interesting to me that that we can have an animal that we can really relate to. So... That is my nerdy obsession. Spirit animals. Maybe next week I'll talk about some hot guy. Be more hormonal <laughs> in my obsession. I'll I'll work on it. You do that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Megan, for joining us. Um, so just a couple quick things before we leave. We want feedback on what to discuss in the world of nerdum. There's so many things we can talk about. Um, so if you have any ideas, please tweet us at talknerdy underscore radio. We will listen to your ideas. Always follow our sister site, www.nerdprobs.com, with great book reviews, articles, and all sorts of things, including um, that have to do with books, movies, all sorts of things. Check it out. Um, join our book club, Just One More Chapter, on Facebook. 
And, of course, we will be back next Wednesday, August 21st, to talk about books that changed our lives. It will be at 7 p.m. Pacific time and 10 p.m. Eastern time.